0: Welcome into a Friday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we'll preview Falcons and Buccaneers. It's still about their identity for the Falcons and can one brave recapture the magic from last fall. All next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We're brought to you by Bet Online. We ask you to head to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Don't forget to download us for free there. And you can now find us on Roku and Amazon Fire. So check us out on those platforms as well. Follow me at... JMCH 316. Well, it's another Friday, so another Falcons game coming up here on Sunday. As the Falcons are going to be in Tampa Bay, this is going to be very intriguing. You know, the Falcons have a very difficult schedule this year with the teams that they're going to line up against. You know, Browns was not going to be an easy game. Tampa, now let's talk about the Tampa side of things for just a second here. So, you know, in listening to some of the talking heads and things down there, You know, this is becoming must-win for Brady and the Buccaneers this week. They've lost two in a row after they got off to a 2-0 start. They've lost back-to-back games now. They're at home, and they feel like they've got to get themselves back on track, and they have to start with this weekend. Now, obviously, there's a lot of drama that is going on down in Tampa Bay, right? Obviously, with the report this week that Brady and Giselle have gotten divorce lawyers and, and all that kind of stuff. Look, Tom Brady's not going to be frazzled or rattled or anything like that. He's the greatest player in the history of the NFL. He's the single most important player a team could ever have in the history of the NFL. That's, that's the exact way to phrase it. He's the most important player you could ever have on a roster in the history of the NFL. So with all due respect, a week five game against the Falcons at home isn't going to frazzle Tom Brady. And I expect them to have a big performance. And they're going to come out guns blazing now A few thoughts about this game one is the buccaneers defense is good but not great but there are a couple of things that they do really well one is only four teams have more interceptions than the buccaneers so for my listeners out here watchers out here get ready this is the part where i hate on mariota okay so i gotta get my psa disclaimer out. Here comes the hate for Mariota. Okay. So it's going to be extremely important about ball security in the opportunities that Mariota has, because this is a ball hawk defense. They will get after it and they will make plays in their secondary. So you don't want to give turnovers to braiding the Buccaneers offense and make it easy for them. Remember, They're getting Chris Godwin, they've got Mike Evans back this week, Russell Gage, looks like Julio may play. So there's a very good chance that they have a full complement of their weapons all back this week. Worst thing you want to do is hand the ball to them on a short field. So Mariota has got to play mistake-free this Sunday. Can't fumble it, can't throw any dumb interceptions. And remember, last Sunday after that Denzel Ward pick, that's when the 14 straight runs came against the Cleveland Browns. I know, I know it's all coincidence it just worked itself out there. Okay. All right. All right. They didn't take the ball out of their quarterback's hand or anything like that. No, you're you're right. You're right. Um the fa- the uh, Buccaneers defense is not a great pass defense. They have given up the 11th fewest yards via the the pass. They do have the 6th best yards per attempt number in the league. But where they make up for everything is they create turnovers when you have to throw the football against them. So again, establishing the run, playing at the line of scrimmage. The thing that will keep the Falcons in this game is not turning the football over and keeping uh, the line of scrimmage play like they have in these first four weeks. Neither one of these teams is very good on third down. Falcons are 38.4% on offense. Buccaneers are only 35%. So if you can convert some third downs, and look, the Falcons have the uh, fourth most rushing first downs in the league. The Buccaneers are not going to scare you with the run game. They have the fewest rushing first downs in the NFL. But again, where they make up with all of that is they have a Tom Brady that can use a short passing game to be the same thing as a run. What you can't do is let the running backs and things and tight ends start to get off because you're going to be busy if you got Godwin, and you got Evans, and you got Gage, you got Julio, you got all those guys running around. You're going to be pretty busy just trying to make sure because they will use those guys. They ain't worried about if they can't run the football, they've got their plan B. We'll start tossing it all around the field. So the Falcons are going to have to get some pressure on Brady. Obviously, you know, there's been some questions about the offensive line for the Buccaneers up to this point. They're outstanding at right tackle. Remember that guy I talked about? What's that guy's name? I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, Tristan Wirfs. That's right. He's first team all NFL. Forgot. Excuse me. By the way, too, you see pro football focuses uh, all NFL team through the first four weeks of the season. See the starting right guard is? Yeah, Chris Lindstrom. Anyway, um, Tristan Wirfs is an outstanding offensive lineman. And obviously, it's always been talked about you get pressure on Brady up the middle. That's where you have to get after him. So... They've got to be able to disrupt Brady and his rhythm. And look, Brady's had some big games against the Atlanta Falcons. Mike Evans has had some big games against the Atlanta Falcons. He's got almost 1,300 receiving yards in literally 15 games against the Falcons. So he's had some big moments. Can't let some of those guys get off and make those big plays. And the Falcons have to just kind of stay true. And we'll talk about this coming up because of injuries and things like that. But staying true to your identity and what you do. Don't let Mariota put the ball in harm's way. You know, the Falcons already don't convert a lot of third downs. They have to be efficient on third down. They have to be able to get pressure with four against Brady because you're not going to be able to just start blitzing guys because he will pick you apart, especially if he's got all his cavalcade full of weapons that are going to be available. So this is going to be a real test because Tampa Bay is coming in hungry. They are coming in. I know the Falcons are trying to win, but Tampa Bay is desperate. You only have Tom Brady with one expectation, Super Bowl or bust. There is no settling for anything else. You don't have Tom Brady on your roster without the expectation being Super Bowl or bust. So the Falcons have their work cut out from because this is a wounded animal that they're going into on Sunday. But Falcons can get this done they have to play their game. If You can get pressure on Brady. You can keep the run game going. You know, they've not been great against the run Tampa Bay's defense, but they're pretty good. You know, again, they sack the quarterback really well as well. Um, only four teams in the NFL have more sacks than the Buccaneers. So Mariota is going, this is going to be a lot about Mariota, not because, you know, he throws for 350 and all this and the other. It's Not taking sacks so you don't have to get yourself changed up. And what do we say? Let's all say it together. Down in distance. Can't create third and long. You have to stay ahead of the chains. Convert some on third down. Don't put the ball up in harm's way because the Buccaneers are good at getting turnovers that way. So it's a very winnable game for the Falcons. But they need to realize that this is a wounded animal in Tampa that they're heading down to coming up on Sunday. All right, wanna mention too, listen, don't forget, Roku and Amazon Fire are a couple of the places that you can find us, of course. Those are our new platforms that we have just integrated into. Make sure you check us out there and don't forget, all of your favorite podcast platforms always have us available. Download us for free and leave us a five-star review. Hey, wanna talk about my friends over at BetOnline. Listen, BetOnline.net is the place to go for all of your sports wagering information. I don't know if you bet on that debacle of a game last night, that was as bad a performance as two NFL teams could have, but you know, you take the under in a game like that, you can find a way to win yourself some money. So what I want you to do is I want you to take that mobile device and I want you to head to betonline.net. It's where the action starts. Go there today and get all the latest news and information, scores, e-betting, podcast news, anything that you need, stats, everything is available very easily online on your mobile device. Head to betonline.net today where you can get involved in wagering on all different things. You want college football, you want NFL, you want golf, you want MMA, boxing, baseball playoffs are coming up. Hey, don't look now. Guess what? We're very, very close. Hawks had their first preseason game. So guess what? NBA season opens up a whole nother opportunity for you. You wanna be smarter, you wanna bet better, Head to betonline.net today. It's where the action starts. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, look, are dealing with some injury issues. So not just Cordero Patterson that is out and on IR. So let me start with that first. I said earlier in the week, I believe in our running game. I With the way the offensive line is played, they've really played well. You have Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier, who are both averaging over five yards a carry. So I don't feel like, even without Patterson, I don't feel like our running game has to take any kind of step back. It all starts with those five guys up front, and those guys are doing their job right now. So as far as what our philosophy is and what our identity has been and will be, there's no need to change that. Now, obviously, the other injury news that we're waiting to see is today, whether Kyle Pitts practices or not. He obviously has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday, dealing with a hamstring issue. He doesn't practice today by, usually, you can gauge in the NFL, if a guy doesn't practice on Friday, he won't play on Sunday, especially if you have to travel, right? So, we'll see today if he practices or not. My anticipation in talking to some people is that we may not see him on Sunday. Now, How does that change things? Well, we just explained. Look, I don't want the ball in the air all that much. But Kyle pit. Okay. Uh, I mean, can I say with all due respect to preface all of this? All right. It's not as though we're hucking it around to Kyle Pitts offensively. Okay. Kyle Pitts has been a very small piece. If you want to be honest and truthful, he's been a very small piece of the success of the Falcons offense this year. Okay. I know he's a unicorn, and I know he's all these things that people keep telling me about. But we're also four games in, and he doesn't have a touchdown, and has barely seen the ball in the red zone. Didn't see it the first two weeks. He's not even, he's, his snap percentages at times are very funky. Even in the red zone, we're not seeing him on the field. And I know the coach is bragging about his blocking and all this. If we drafted the number four guy overall, why the hell would we just draft sewell if we needed a blocker? But anyway that all aside. So does it hurt? Of course, because he's your unicorn and he's one of your top players, and it always hurts. But the philosophy is, and certainly with what the Buccaneers do, isn't a drop back and huck it around this week. This is where staying true to your identity matters. The Falcons are not just a top five team rushing the football. They're a top five team in rushing attempts. And again, that's the number one stat Bill Parcells always wanted to see. Tell me what my rushing attempts are. Well, the Falcons are a top five team there. If you commit and you stay to the run and you keep the ball out of harm's way, because and let me PSA, I'm about to hate on Marcus Mariota again for all the, the fans out there. So just get ready because uh, there's some hate coming. Okay, Woody Hayes had the famous saying that When you put the ball in the air, three things can happen and two of them are bad, right? That's Marcus Mariota. You don't want him. Yeah, well, I love to have pits. And please don't sell me on decoy. That's the dumbest term in the entire NFL. You never draft a guy that high to use the word decoy on. But the Falcons' identity is to line it up and come at you. With our offensive line moving you backward, with our running backs coming in, Huntley is a one-cut-and-go guy. Algier can bang you through the tackles, and when you get down deep in the red zone, you add in Marcus Mariota's ability to make plays with his legs, and now you put lots of pressure on the defense. So, yes, while it sucks that Kyle Pitts is not you know, possibly going to play this week, and even if he does play this week, it makes you wonder how much mobility does he have. Hamstrings are one of those things that don't get better by playing. Hamstrings only get better by therapy and rest. Literally, that's it. For an NFL player, therapy and rest is the only thing you can do to give your hamstring any sort of relief. But our identity is line up and run it right at you. Will the Falcons run for another 200 yards this weekend? I don't know. Could the Falcons run for 125, 150 yards? I think absolutely. I think we have the two guys at running back that can handle that workload. I know our offensive line can block. And if you can keep the chains moving and keep the ball out of Kyle or sorry, out of Marcus Mariota's hands, the loss of Kyle Pitts isn't felt as hard. You're still going to have London and Zacchaeus and guys, so you're still going to make some plays in the passing game, play action or what have you. But remember, last week in the game, the Falcons only gained 52 yards on designed pass plays, meaning that the rest of their passing yards came off of run fake plays that turned into a pass, right? The RPOs and things like that. So on pure designed pass plays, they only picked up 52 yards. Now think about that. In 2022 NFL, they only threw for 52 yards on designed pass plays without without any sort of run fake involved in it. That's Chris Winky like numbers from when he played the Falcons at the Georgia Dome a decade or more ago. So, look, I understand and what Pitts means in this, then, and the other. But number one is they have some weapons in the passing game. Number two is, though, most importantly, is their identity is to line it up and come after you. And they don't change. And that's one of the other things I love about Arthur Smith, as we've been bragging on him all week long, is staying true to his identity, not getting cute, not getting caught off guard. Has he made some mistakes in his play calling? Sure, every guy does in the league. Nobody's a flawless play caller, okay? But he learned his lesson after his quarterback threw a pick, oh, by the way, let me me back up. PSA, I'm about to hate on Mariota again. When his quarterback threw a bad pick and turned it over in that second half, what did he do? He learned from his mistake. You know what? Let me take the ball out of his hands. Let me go ahead and run it here 10 times on this drive, run in the end zone. Oh, we got the ball back? Let's run it four more times before we go and put the ball in the air again. That's why it's so important to keep your identity, keep the chains moving, pick up short yardage. And I like the contrast between Huntley and Algier, what those guys can give you. Look, they may need Mariota to pick up some plays with his legs this week. This may be one of those weeks where you know, if Marcus Mariota had more rushing yards than passing yards, I wouldn't feel bad about that at all. But this is all about the Falcons staying true to their identity. And if they do that, I think they give themselves a really good chance to win on Sunday. All right, listen, want to mention too, again, Amazon Fire, Roku, hit us up on those platforms. You can download us for free on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Always remember to leave us a five-star review there and always leave us a comment and hit the subscribe button on our YouTube page as well. So obviously last fall, when the Braves were making their World Series run, so much of their success came from the three headed monster of outfielders that they went and Alex Anthopoulos acquired at the trade deadline, right? Actually, Jock Peterson was a little bit before that, but the Jock Peterson who helped you basically win the Milwaukee series, Eddie Rosario, who was the NLCS MVP, and Jorge Soler, who was the World Series MVP. Now, of those three guys, they only brought one guy back, right? Peterson had a good year. He was an all-star. Soler had a pretty lousy year, I think, you know, before he got injured, he was 13 homers and hit 208. Rosario obviously brought back. And you know, to, to say that he struggled would would probably be, you know, a, a pretty accurate statement. Two twelve batting average for the year, five homers scored 27 runs and knocked in 24 and obviously had the eye issues and things like that. Missed a good bit of time and things like that. So a lot of people were excited about the idea of bringing one or more of those guys back because let's face it, a lot of their success was captured lightning in a bottle. Rosario, Soler, Peterson, they captured lightning in a bottle out of those three guys. Well, Can they do that again this year with Rosario? The good news for Rosario is that this September, first few days of October was his, from an average standpoint, his best month of the year. Now, what's funny is is that his on-base percentage was exactly the same, 294, September, October, as it was in August. His slugging was exactly the same at 385, which is not a very good number, same as it was in August. And his OPS was obviously exactly the same because that slugging plus on-base come together. So his on-base slugging OPS was all the same August and September. The difference is that he had his best average month in the month of September, 277. He was 068. Remember how bad that start was? 068 in April, 222. Um, through July, because he didn't play in June because of the eye issue, and then 231 in August, but that number jumped up to 277. And when you look, he played a couple less games, had a homer, five RBI, four doubles. Now, look, certainly none of his numbers jump off the page to you, but at least he finished strong. And when you talk about trying to win in playoff baseball, right? And now with the way this, I don't know, I'm not i am not sold yet on this FACACTA playoff system and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe there's some beat up factor for the teams that have to play in the wild card before they go face, you know, the Dodgers and Braves and the NL and this, that and the other. I, I'm not sure I'm sold on the playoff format just yet. But when you talk about having to win several games, you know, in baseball, it's not usually about one guy just carrying you. Through the entire playoffs, you know we talk about the NBA. You have to win 16 playoff games. Well, you need your superstars to win the vast majority of those games. Baseball, historically, you have role players that do all sorts of things. The Solares and the Rosarios. So, can Rosario capture some of that magic in the playoffs that he did last year? That's certainly the hope, because in in listen to Brian Snicker, who did a lot of Atlanta media yesterday. I, I do believe that they're going to keep Harris at the top of that order, right? And I believe that Rosario probably realistically is going to platoon in left field with Robbie Groatsman. I would think the plan now is Contreras will mostly DH. We'll see because Darno caught every game last year in the playoffs with the way the condensed schedule is. That's another part of it is that the schedule gets really condensed now in the playoffs. You don't have many days off and things like that, right? So we'll see if Darno catches every day, but my anticipation would be Darno catch, Contreras at DH, and then they'll platoon Rosario and Grossman. And those are the kinds of guys that when you get into playoff baseball, a game-winning homer here. You know, I remember the Indians in 97, one of the unsung heroes on that team and one of the guys who really helped them win the Baltimore series when the ALCS was Tony Fernandez who was sort of a platoon second baseman, you know, former shortstop, former Blue Jay, came over and he crushed left-handed pitching and hit a home run off Mike Messina and helped them win the ALCS, right? So it's those kinds of guys. Lemke, right? Let's stay here in Atlanta. Mark Lemke, guys like that. So the hope is guys like Rosario Grossman can do some things because they are going to be a spot in your order. One of those two guys is pretty much going to play. I don't think they're going to play Azuna. I think Azuna's role in the playoffs is going to be he's our power bat off the bench. He's not going to DH. He's not going to play left field. I think his role is going to be, hey, we need a two-run homer to get back in this game. Let's use Azuna and have him there. Because Azuna is certainly going to play, doesn't provide anything playing left field. And I'm not sitting Contreras in favor of Azuna unless there's an injury or something like that. So left field is probably gonna be manned by Rosario and Grossman. At least the good news is, is that from a batting average standpoint, Rosario had his best month of the year. When you consider that he was 068 in April, had the eye issues, missed time, and then at least started to get things back on track. Power's not quite there, that all hasn't been there, but hopefully Eddie Rosario can find a few hits him and Grossman are most likely going to man left field. And Grossman has been a nice find. That's another one of those guys that we haven't really talked a whole lot about this year for the Atlanta Braves. And he's not going out there and crushed it and things like that. But he's played a role. And he's had some really good production. And he's helped them win some games. So, again, when you get into playoff baseball, it's these kinds of role players. It's, yes, the Braves winning the World Series is going to be about can Ronnie and Dansby get on base and Olsen and Riley drive them in? And can their starting pitching, you know, can Freed, Wright, Morton, can those guys dominate? Maybe they're going to get back Strider. You know, Ozzie doesn't sound like it won't be until the championship series. Strider could be back for the divisional series. I think even if he's ready, I think they'll hold him and try not to use him if they don't have to. You know, if they can get maybe a two-game lead, you know, uh, in this thing then maybe then they try strider out and let him pitch a little bit and see how he feels knowing that they've got a lead in the series right i think that's i think that's how you're going to look at strider is they're going to they're going to try to not have to use him try to get out early an early lead in the series and not try to have to use him right away i know he's arguably your second or but you're talking about a guy coming back from oblique injury and i'm telling you right now You can tweak that thing in a heartbeat. He tweaks that. He goes out there and he starts rearing back and firing, and he tweaks that thing. He's done for the playoffs. There won't be any bounce back at that point. You know, there won't be any coming back from all of that. So you got to be smart about how you use him. You know, all the people that complained about how they use Ronnie coming out of the gate and running and going at it. Well, that's Strider, rear back and fire, right? So I think they're going to watch and see if they can get a lead in this series about whether or not they may use him. But let's hope that the Rosarios and the Grossmans can provide that same kind of spark that they had last year from Solaire and Rosario and Jock Peterson. Because those are the kinds of guys, when you talk about playoff baseball, a lot of times those are the names that we talk about. It's not always Reggie Jackson or Ronald Acuna Jr. Matt Olson. It's about role players. It's about Mark Lemke and Eddie Rosario and Jorge Solaire. So the Braves will get ready on Tuesday as we watch this weekend to see if it's going to be Cardinals or Phillies. Let's hope it's the Phillies because I think they got a much better matchup there. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck your first listen every day. Make A to Z with Mark Zeno your second listen every day as Mark's talking all things Atlanta sports. He's on free and available on our YouTube page at Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. Don't forget, downloads for free. All your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Odyssey. Check us out on all those platforms. Five-star review is there. Don't forget, to Amazon Fire, Roku. Download us. Check us out now on those platforms. that are available to you. So hit us up there as well, and then follow me at JMCH316. We'll recap what the Falcons did over the weekend. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta.